Well, first of all, we'd like to wish you a very happy Victoria Day. Interesting Canadian holiday. I think we're the only country in the world that celebrates Victoria Day. Um, And Victoria Day honors Queen Victoria. Yes, I know someone told me tonight that uh, they celebrate Victoria Day in Australia, but uh, I told them, I said, and it's not about Queen Victoria, it's about the state of Victoria um, in, uh, in Australia. That's what it's celebrating, because Victoria apparently used to be independent at one time, now it's part of Australia. So it's just a coincidence. No, Canada... Um, actually, this holiday is the one holiday that we have that really celebrates or is supposed to celebrate our ancient ties with Mother England. But Vicky, Queen Victoria, was a pretty cool lady. If you study her history and some of the things that she did, she was pretty amazing. Anyway, that's uh, neither here nor there. Before we even get started, I... Imagine the excitement in Mudville tonight in Toronto. Hogtown is going absolutely wild because congratulations to the basketball team, the Raptors. They won tonight, and they won very well, too. It wasn't just a fluke. They played extremely well, and uh, they beat the mighty Cleveland Cavaliers. And so it continues. So congratulations. All right. This is The Jazz Show. My name's Gavin Walker. And, of course, we're here at CITR FM 101.9 or on your computer, www.citr.ca, every Monday night with some of the very best in jazz music. And this being the month of May... As we have had all month, we're celebrating the music, the life, and times of the one and only Miles Dewey Davis, born in Alton, Illinois, May the 26th, 1926. And we've been playing uh, a select on all of our jazz features this uh, month, a select group of Miles Davis recordings. Tonight is a very special date. It actually, most of the titles are in French for some reason, and the title of the album is Fille de Kilimanjaro, The Ladies of Kilimanjaro. For those of you that, uh, whose language is other than English or French, <laughs> well, English you would understand. Anyway, that's the title of the album, and I think it's a rather overlooked album by Miles Davis, but it does point to new directions in his music in a very obvious way. And not only in his music, but in his his personal life and his presence. Um, I'm talking about his always immaculate dress. All this was about to change and had changed. The year that this was recorded was 1968, and it marked the end of the second great quintet. And the this recording is in two different recording sessions. 
and of course the members of the second great quintet, as I'm sure most of you know by now, Wayne Shorter on tenor saxophone, Miles Davis, of course, on trumpet, Herbie Hancock on piano, Ron Carter on bass, and the incredible young drummer Tony Williams. Now, the first session of this magnificent recording, Feed to Kilimanjaro, took place in June of 1968, over a period of about three days. Miles Davis was very busy in the studio, but he was also very busy with the band as well. They were playing a lot of gigs at this time, everywhere, New York, traveling all over the place. And so the band was busy. So the first three tunes were recorded over a three-day period at the famous studio, uh, Columbia Recording Studios of Columbia Records. And it marked the last time that Ron Carter would be playing with the band because he uh, decided that he was going to leave and and the reasons for it, which I'll explain in in a a few minutes. The reasons. um, So these were three Miles Davis compositions. We're going to hear them in the order of their recording, not the way it was set up on the album. So it's kind of interesting listening. For those of you that know the album, uh, sometimes it's very interesting to hear the tunes in a different order. And this is the actual order of recording. As I said, these three tunes um, were recorded uh, over three days in June of 1968. And as I mentioned before, Ron Carter was leaving. The reason he was leaving was that... um, He was becoming very busy, but Miles was also insisting that he play electric bass. Ron Carter, of course, uh, was originally a cello player and, of course, one of the great bass players in jazz history. He didn't like playing the electric bass. He played it well, and uh, he continued, but it was beginning to bug him. And... um, he eventually, I think about a couple of weeks after this recording session, he gave Miles his notice that he was leaving the band. And uh, they left on good terms, but uh, Ron Carter just had an antipathy uh, to playing electric bass, and he decided that uh, that's not what he wanted to do, even if it was with Miles Davis. Another change in the band was that Herbie Hancock was playing a Fender Rhodes electric piano. So the sound of the second great quintet was changing. And this was according to the change that Miles Davis wanted to make. Now, in Miles Davis's personal life, there were changes. Miles' uh, divorce from his long-standing and very tolerant wife, Frances, Uh, was finalized, and Miles had already met a lovely young lady who was 20 years younger than he was named Betty Mabry. Betty Mabry was uh, a model, and she was also an aspiring R&B singer, and actually a very good one, too. Miles fell in love with her, and because he was now divorced, he was able to marry Betty Mabry. Betty Mabry being... 20 years younger, um, began to influence Miles 
Now, Miles wasn't easily influenced by people, but after all, he was in love with this lady. And she said, you know, she said, you wear the nicest clothes, uh, and, and you're, a re- you're a fashion plate, and, and you wear these beautiful Italian suits and tailored shirts and, and, and Italian leather shoes, and you got it all. But those are business clothes. You look like a, a prosperous, very hip businessman. There's other clothes out there. And she took him around to all the new stores that were opening all um, the time that were selling um, tie-dye shirts, uh, bell-bottom pants, uh, ascot ties, uh, uh, colorful, uh, beautiful uh, leather boots, this kind of stuff. And she said, this is the kind of thing you should be wearing on stage, you know. And Miles took to it. He loved clothes. And uh, he suddenly the light went on. And, of course, he immediately discarded all these beautiful suits that he had been wearing and began wearing very colorful and very, very fashionable clothes, fashionable for the time. So that was, that was a major change. Another change that Betty um, made Miles do, he, Miles, of course, was interested in, in, in all kinds of music. He listened mostly to classical music. He listened to Ravel, Debussy, uh, his favorite composers. He didn't listen to much jazz, but he listened to, uh, he, he listened to a lot of different kinds of music, ethnic music, Spanish music, loved all that stuff. She kind of emphasized, you know, I know that you listen to James Brown, Miles, but you should listen to him even more. And, and um, uh, of course, Miles, okay. And she said, there's some other people that you should be listening to, too. Sly and the Family Stone. And Miles didn't know who... Miles really didn't know who, who that was, but he soon found out that Sly and the Family Stone were one of the pioneer... Um, bands of of the time and of course she encouraged him to listen to the cream uh and Jimi hendrix and um miles just ate this stuff up and of course it began to influence his music as well because he was absorbing this stuff and and enjoying it and it began to change his music and his concept as well so this was kind of a refreshing change for Miles. And this recording reflects, in a way, that, that change. And you hear it in his compositions and in the band. Now, the second recording session took place. I, I was talking about the first recording session. The last one with Ron Carter took place in June. The second recording session that makes up this album took place in September. By that time, um, Miles was uh, actually married to Betty Mabry. They they were no longer engaged. They were married. And there was two changes in the quintet. Replacing Herbie Hancock, who left on good terms to form his own band, Miles brought in Chick Corea, who plays... And very interesting electric piano. It's an RMI Electra piano. 
And on the final two tracks that we're going to hear from the September session, the sound of the electric piano is very, very interesting. It's sort of a combination of acoustic piano and a harp. And it's a beautiful sound. And Chick Corea, of course, is one of the finest uh, exponents of the electric piano. He had a beautiful touch on it. And this was a very special electric piano. On bass, replacing Ron Carter, was an Englishman from London. His name, Dave Holland, of course, is today one of the great bass players in jazz music and one of the great leaders as well. Dave Holland performs on the final two tunes, not on electric bass, but on acoustic bass, bass violin. So that's the change, and the music is very interesting, too. The two compositions that they play are dedicated to Miles' new wife. And um, that's, uh, that's basically it. That's the story. So we're going to get to the music right away from this wonderful album, um, which signaled a change in direction. Not long after that, Miles recorded the album called In a Silent Way, and from In a Silent Way, we move right into Bitches Brew, which, of course, was a, a groundbreaking, changing album for Miles Davis. But this album preceded those two, and it indicates change is about to happen. And the music here is very interesting. These are all Miles Davis compositions, and we're going to begin with the first session, which took place uh, in June. And we're going to play the tunes in the order of their appearance, beginning with the tune written by Miles Davis. And I think Gil Evans had a hand in this uh, composition as well. The tune is called Petit Machine, which, of course, means... Uh, roughly translated into English means little stuff. The second tune we're going to hear is called Tout de Suite, which most people understand what that means right now. And the third piece of music we're going to hear is the title track of this album, Fille de Kilimanjaro, Ladies of Kilimanjaro. And then we'll move to the second two tunes from the second recording session after we hear the first three. And I'll uh, break in and uh, give you the change in personnel and keep you up to date. We're hearing these tunes in the order of their recording as well. So I hope you find that interesting. If you know this album, if you don't know this album, uh, the tunes are going to be interesting as well. So we begin. Here is the final statement recorded statement of the second great quintet. Miles Davis on trumpet, Wayne Shorter on tenor saxophone, Herbie Hancock on Fender Rhodes electric piano, Ron Carter on electric bass, and Tony Williams on drums. And we begin with Petit Machine. Thank you. 
That was the end of the first session done in June of 1968. Those three tunes were recorded over a period of three days in Columbia Records uh, studios and represented uh, a half of this uh, great album called Feed the Kilimanjaro. And they were the last recorded statements by the second great quintet. With Miles Davis on trumpet, Wayne Shorter on tenor saxophone, Herbie Hancock on Fender Rhodes electric piano, Ron Carter on electric bass, and Tony Williams on drums. And the three Miles Davis compositions were, in the order of their recording, Petit Machine, which was also subtitled Little Stuff. And uh, as I mentioned before, uh, Gil Evans had a bit of a... um, contribution to this uh, composition as well. And the second tune was called Tout de Suite. And the third tune was the title track of the album, Fille de Kilimanjaro, Ladies of Kilimanjaro. The second session is about to begin, and we move to September of 1968. Miles Davis had um, not only um, gotten married once again to um, this young R&B singer and model, Betty Mabry, and uh, this was brought about uh, some changes in the music as well because the two tunes that they recorded on this session were both dedicated to Miles' new wife. The people involved here... Changes in the band. Miles Davis on trumpet, Wayne Shorter, still with the band on tenor saxophone. But Chick Corea takes over from Herbie Hancock, who left on good terms to form his own band. And Corea plays a very interesting electric piano. It's an RMI Electra piano. And I think it has a, a very beautiful sound. It's, it's, um, the sound is like a combination of acoustic piano and a harp, I don't mean a harmonica either, a harp, a real harp, what the angels play. <laughs> so there you go. And uh, it's uh, and Chikoria, of course, is uh, incredible on that instrument, as he is on, on acoustic piano as well. On bass, Miles Davis hired him after hearing him in London, England, and Miles sponsored uh, Dave Holland to come to the United States and join the band. And, of course, uh, that was the beginning of Dave Holland's ascent to fame. Interestingly enough, he Miles insisted on Ron Carter playing only electric bass. That's one of the reasons Carter left, because he didn't like to play electric bass. But Dave Holland is featured here on acoustic bass, bass violin, on these two tunes. On drums... Of course, the incredible young drummer, Tony Williams. The two tunes we're going to hear in the order of recording. The first tune is um, a wonderful tune called simply Mademoiselle Mabry, Miss Mabry, dedicated to Miles' new wife, who was no longer a Mademoiselle. She was Madame Davis, but he, (laughs) he titled the tune Mademoiselle Mabry. And the second tune was also dedicated to um. Betty Mabry, and the tune was called Frelon Brun, 
translated Brown Hornet. So here are these two tunes by the new quintet with the new people. Once again, Miles Davis on trumpet, Wayne Shorter, tenor saxophone, Chick Corea playing RMI Electra piano, Dave Holland on acoustic bass, and Tony Williams on drums, and Miss Mabry.
Those are the two tunes recorded in September of 1968 that made up the rest of this uh, incredible album called Fille de Kilimanjaro. And the personnel on those two tunes were Miles Davis on trumpet, Wayne Schroeder on tenor saxophone, Chick Corea on RMI Electra piano, and Dave Holland on acoustic bass, and Tony Williams on drums. And the tunes, the two tunes were dedicated to Miles' new wife. The first one was entitled Mademoiselle Mabry, and of course her name was Betty Mabry. And um, the second tune was entitled Fellon Brun, and, um, or Frelon Brun, 
which uh, um, translated is Brown Hornet. Both tunes by Miles Davis, and they made up the rest of this uh, ever-changing and very different album. And, of course, uh, as I mentioned before, the first three tunes mark the last official recordings of the first great quintet, and the final two tunes, of course, marked a new era in uh, Miles' development. And, of course, right around the corner was his groundbreaking, uh, very spacey album called In a Silent Way, and then a short step to the next album, which became uh, a cult favorite and one of Miles' best sellers, even today, the album Bitches Brew. And, of course, it opened up the whole new musical era for Miles Davis to explore. So that was our jazz feature, this album. The first, um, the first part of the album was, the, as I said, the last statement by the first great quintet with uh, Miles on trumpet, Wayne Shorter, tenor saxophone, Herbie Hancock on Fender Rhodes electric piano, Ron Carter on electric bass, and Tony Williams on drums. And the tunes we heard, Petit Machine, uh, a.k.a. Little Stuff, um, Tout de Suite, and the title track, Fille de Kilimanjaro. And, of course, I just told you about the final two tunes uh, on the date. So we hope you enjoyed this jazz feature. Next week, we do one more. Next week is May the 30th, the final uh, Monday in the month of May. Miles will have celebrated his 90th birthday anniversary on the 26th of May, and we'll be taking you into the early 70s with, I think, one of the finest bands that Miles put together, and a live recording, which was done at the um, cellar, but not in Vancouver. This is the cellar in Washington, D.C., and the band included Miles on trumpet, Gary Bartz on soprano and alto saxophone, and Keith Jarrett on electric piano, Michael Henderson on bass, and Jack DeJanette on drums. And there was a particular unity to this band that I've always enjoyed, and I consider it, um, of all the bands that Miles Davis had uh, up to the end of his career, this was one of the seminal bands that he had together. There was there was a real cohesion in in this band. Uh, the 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 club uh, wasn't called just the cellar. It was called the Cellar Door. That was the proper name of the club in Washington D.C. So we're going to hear um, an evening. Uh, that's going to be the jazz feature next week. An evening from the Cellar Door with that band that I just mentioned. and It will be our final tribute to the great innovator and mover and shaker in jazz music, Miles Dewey Davis. All right, we'll be back in a very few moments. We'd just like to remind you that you are listening to The Jazz Show on CITR FM 101.9 and uh, on your computer, www.citr.ca. My name is Gavin Walker, and uh, we'll return with a couple of bands from the 50s. Hmm. 
very important bands they were. And one and both bands were led by great drummers and drummers that can, are considered two of the finest movers and shakers in jazz music. I'm talking about Art Blakey and I'm talking about Max Roach. And we're going to hear that music uh, right after these important messages. So do stay around. like friends well we like you so become a member and get a friends of citr card not only does it make you special it gets you all kinds of deals with our friends downtown like 10 percent off at bang on t-shirts beat street records studio records community thrift and vintage the fall tattooing and more visit citr.ca for more or come check us out in the nest Without the help and support of our friends, we here at CITR wouldn't be able to bring you all the great music, art, cinema, and culture that you love. Thanks to the long-standing support from the Rio Theatre, we are able to keep you informed on all the great artists, films, and everything else coming to town there. For all the current information about who and what's playing at the Rio Theatre, visit their website at www.riotheatre.ca. listening to CITR 101.9, broadcasting from UBC's Point Grey campus, located on the traditional, unceded, Coast Salish territory of the Honkameenam-speaking Musqueam people. for the week isn't uh, going to be great, but it's not going to be too bad either. Uh, a little more cloud than we would like, but that uh, seems to be the, the way right now. Uh, tonight, of course, is mainly cloudy with a low of 13. Tomorrow will be mainly cloudy up until about noon, and uh, then it's going to clear, and we're, I think we're going to get some nice breaks of um, sunny weather in the afternoon with a low of 13 and a high of 19 tomorrow. It's going to be a fairly nice day. Wednesday is going to be okay, too. It's a mix of sun and cloud with a low of 13 and a high of 20. Then on Thursday, a bit of a downturn. Thursday and Friday, uh, calling for cloudy weather with a 60% chance of a shower with a low of 10 and highs between 15 and 17. So not a whole lot of rain in the forecast. A lot of people said we re- we could use some uh, some good rain, but uh, you know it's not quite happening. But we may get some Thursday and Friday. Saturday is no precipitation, but cloudy with a low of ten and a high of nineteen. And Sunday looks pretty pleasant with a mix of sun and cloud with a low of eleven and a high of twenty. So uh, there you all have it. The 
the uh, weather as um, predicted by, uh, well, these magical gurus at the weather office. I'm just a messenger. I'm not a guru. <laughs> but we'll have, uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we have to live through all that stuff anyway. Two of the important bands in, well, as a matter of fact, it wasn't just the 50s. Um, these gentlemen uh, were very prominent band leaders in the 50s. But, of course, Art Blakey, uh, right up until his dying day, was a jazz messenger. And he had so many editions of, of the jazz messengers. And drummer Max Roach um, worked right up until then, uh, until his demise as well. So um, they both had working bands for a long, long time. But we're going to take you back to the um, 1950s. This edition of Art Blakey's Jazz Messengers was considered the uh, second edition of the Jazz Messengers, although there were some in between and some unrecorded and all this kind of stuff. But uh, this was a permanent band, and it was together with the same personnel for, uh, for quite a while. And uh, it was a band that was, um, well, rough around the edges, definitely. But uh, I love this band because they, they could just, um, they swung so much. The spirit was so great. And uh, fine if, uh, you know, the, the horns hit a few bad notes and uh, uh, sometimes played a little bit out of tune and, and that sort of thing. It didn't matter because, you know, these were human beings behind the instrument. They weren't a bunch of machines just trying to create something. This was a real band. We're going to hear three tunes by Art Blakey and his jazz messengers. And as I said, this is one of my favorite editions of the band. On trumpet from Cleveland, Ohio, one of the unsung heroes of the trumpet, in my estimation, Bill Hardman. On alto saxophone and just his work during this period um, was a great influence on me and made me want to play the saxophone. I remember telling Jackie McLean that one time because he, he put his music... Uh, he was talking about his, his music, and he, he said that, you know, most of his recordings during this period kind of disturbed him. He didn't like his playing. And uh, I said, do you ever listen to him? And he said, no, I never listen to these recordings. I said, you should, <laughs> you know. I said, because they're probably way better than you think they are uh, at this point. And, and he laughed. He says, you know, I think I'll, I'll, <laughs> I think I'll do that. <laughs> I'll take your advice. And... Uh, his playing uh, uh, really was a big motivation for me to, uh, to um, take up the alto saxophone. So I love his playing during this period. Jackie McLean, the late great. On piano, Sam Dockery from Philadelphia. And on bass from Philadelphia as well. A wonderful bass player with a great nickname, Spanky DeBrest. Spanky DeBrest, what a name. He was uh, one of Lee Morgan's best friends. Uh, his real name was James, but no one ever used it. Uh, and, of course, the great Art Blakey in, on drums. Now, uh, we're going to hear three tunes. The first one is, is a composition actually by Jackie McLean. It's based on a standard tune. Uh, the tune is called Transfiguration, and um, it shows how spirited the band is. And then we're going to do a bit of a, in a way, this is, a, this is intentionally and unintentionally funny. Uh, you, you just have to hear it to understand it. Uh, and the narration, of course, is by Art Blakey, and it's a little bit politically incorrect as well. 
Um, they're going to do a Gershwin medley. This was part of what they did during their in-person in- appearances. And um, each member of the band is going to play uh, a Gershwin tune, beginning with Rhapsody in Blue, uh, moving to Summertime, uh, moving to Someone to Watch Over Me, and finally The Man I Love. All Gershwin tunes and, and um, all in a medley, so segued together. So that's going to be interesting, and a narration by the one and only Art Blakey. And after the Gershwin medley, we're going to hear another tune uh, by the band, which was a staple of this band. It's a tune by Duke Jordan, a great tune called Flight to Jordan. So here then, three tunes by the 1957 edition of Art Blakey's Jazz Messengers. And uh, we begin with... Transfiguration.
And now, ladies and gentlemen, we would like to do for you a medley. This medley come into being by us traveling throughout the country and the world. We often find crackpots who wrongly say that modern jazz musicians do not know how to play a melody. For that reason, the guys and I got together to put this Gershwin medley on wax. First, we start out with our saxophonist, Jackie McLean. He will do for you Rhapsody in Blue. That will be followed by Bill Hardman on the trumpet. He will do Summertime. That will be followed by Sam Dockery on the piano. He will do for you someone to watch over him. You see, he's the treasure of the band. And that will be followed by our bassist. He comes in with the man he loves. You see, it's a very queer tune. For your approval, ladies and gentlemen, for your enjoyment, a Gershwin medley.
We heard three tunes recorded by Art Blakey and his jazz messengers as they, the band that he had uh, in the latter part of 1956 and the early part of 1957. This was actually recorded in Minneapolis while the band was on tour, and they went into a recording studio there and, uh, and did this album, which was eventually issued on uh, the Chicago label Cadet Records. And we heard three tunes from here. And the first one was uh, actually written by Jackie McLean, and it was based on the standard Gone with the Wind. The tune was called Transfiguration. And the second selection was um, what they did in person. They always played this Gershwin medley. And um, as I said, it was uh, um, rather funny, a little bit politically incorrect, and uh, also um, unintentionally funny as well. (laughs) Because, uh, you know, this was a rough and ready band, and uh, the musicians were were young, and they were still um, developing their technique and all that kind of stuff. But you know, the the spirit of this band is is what I really I really uh, appreciated, and of course, all the different players in in the in the band. Um, so we heard the Gershwin medley. We heard a little bit of Rhapsody in Blue, and then we segued to Summertime, then we segued to uh, Someone to Watch Over Me, and finally the bassist, Spanky DeBress, doing The Man I Love. And, of course, the, um, the introduction there, spoken introduction by Art Blakey himself. The final tune was a Duke Jordan original that was a staple of this band, and the tune was called Flight to Jordan. The people involved in the band, uh, Bill Hardman on trumpet, Jackie McLean on alto saxophone, Sam Dockery on piano, who just passed away, as a matter of fact. Uh, He's from Philadelphia. And the bassist, um, he passed away at a young age uh, in 1973, a great bass player, um, Spanky DeBrest, and, um, of course, Art Blakey on drums. We're going to move now to... The other band, which was a very important band uh, during the 50s, and of course, as I mentioned before, both these band leaders uh, were very, very active right up until their um, right up until their deaths, and uh, they always led their own bands. I'm going to listen to uh, the Max Roach Quintet uh, as they sounded. Uh, they, this was uh, recorded in Chicago in January of 1958. And the people involved in Max Roach's quintet, the uncrowned king on trumpet, the great and wonderful Kenny Dorham. On tenor saxophone, Hank Mobley. On piano, a very young Ramsey Lewis. Of course, he went on to um, become a very, very popular artist and uh, crossover artist. But here he is playing straight-ahead jazz with Max Roach, Ramsey Lewis on piano, George Morrill on bass, and, of course, Mr. Roach, the great Max Roach, on drums. We're going to hear three tunes. Um, The first one was written by a composer named Owen Marshall. Uh, I believe he was from Philadelphia. wrote some great tunes and... and, um, uh, wasn't uh, wasn't a player was a was a composer, and uh, he the first tune we're going to hear is one of Owen Marshall's interesting originals called Crackle Hut, and then we're going to move to a Kenny Dorham original called Speculate, and we're going to finish up with the blues, and it's really a composition of everybody in the band, 
and it's called simply The Audio Blues. So here then is this edition of the Max Roach Quintet, and we begin with Crackle Hut. Thank you. 
three tunes from the Max Roach Quintet with the great Max Roach on drums, of course, leading the uncrowned king, Kenny Dorham on trumpet, Hank Mobley on tenor saxophone, and a very young, just beginning his career, Ramsey Lewis on piano, George Morrow on bass, and three tunes from uh, this album recorded in Chicago, January 4th, 1958. The opening tune was entitled Crackle Hut, and it was written by a Philadelphia composer named Owen Marshall. Second tune was a Kenny, the up-tempo was a Kenny Dorham composition called Speculate, featured a fabulous drum solo by Max Roach. And the final tune was a blues called Audio Blues, and it was a themeless blues, so I guess you can give the whole band credit for that one. And uh, three tunes by the Max Roach Quintet. So we featured two prominent band leaders that really came to the forefront in the 1950s, and we heard two um, editions of their bands. Uh, we heard first Art Blakey and his Jazz Messengers from 1957, and from early 1958, we just finished listening to the Max Roach Quintet. You are listening to The Jazz Show on CITR FM 101.9 or 
on the web, www.citr.ca. My name's Gavin Walker, and I'd just like to remind you that there are a couple of um, great websites to check out. One of them, of course, is a very important website because you get all the information as to the up-and-coming jazz festival in Vancouver, which is really right around the corner. It's the end of next month, and, of course, it's, uh, it's a big event. There's going to be all kinds of things happening in the Jazz Festival, all kinds of important people coming here, and lots of gigs with um, resident musicians and visiting musicians together. So uh, an important edition of the Vancouver International Jazz Festival. And, of course, you can get all that information by simply going on to coastaljazz.ca. You can make reservations, you can buy tickets, you can do all that stuff, and uh, you can see the program, you can check out what you want to see, everything. And, of course, um, the festival will be at venues all over Vancouver, but an important new addition is Frankie's Italian Kitchen, which is down on Beatty Street. They'll be having some very important um, concerts at Frankie's. Uh, during jazz festival time, and uh, there's actually going to be jam sessions later on in the evening led by the redoubtable, wonderful saxophone player Mike Allen, and uh, he knows how to conduct a jam session and let everybody uh, get up there and have their say and uh, is fair to all the musicians. Mike really knows the, the score on that. The jam sessions will be starting late, Uh, at 11 o'clock, and they'll be going right on to closing time, which will be around 2 in the morning. So that's uh, all that's happening, and you can find out all that information by simply going on your computer and getting coastaljazz.ca, very good website. Do check it out, and we'll be talking more about the Jazz Festival as uh, things approach. Um, And, of course, on June the 6th, we uh, hope and um, we hope very much to have uh, John Orsick, who is the uh, media director, um, come on the show and, and kind of take over things and present all kinds of music from the Jazz Festival. And uh, I'm certainly uh, hoping that uh, John and I can do this. We do this once a year. He's a very busy man, and, of course, he's got early morning commitments, so we hope that he can... Uh, he can do this on January 6th, uh, um, on June the 6th, not on January 6th. That's, it's too cold out there. Anyway, that's uh, June the 6th. That'll be the first June in, um, the first Monday, June, in the month of June. Yeah, June, June, June. Uh, okay. Uh, the second website, of course, as I always mention, is Brian Nation's great website. Brian, of course, uh, is the administrator, a great uh, uh, lover of jazz music and a great guy. And uh, he controls and administers VancouverJazz.com, which is a very, very fine website and uh, all kinds of uh, uh, interesting information on there as well and posts by different people. Even our jazz features are on there, too. If you look, uh, uh, go on the forum and look for uh, Jazz on the Air, and you'll see uh, a write-up on the jazz features uh, uh, every week by, well, yours truly, me. Gavin Walker. All right. Uh, One more um, thing that I always like to mention is my good friend Ken Speller, who is an instrument repairman. He's a teacher, 
as well. He has his business called Music at Home, and he will actually come to your home and teach you how to play the clarinet, the saxophone, or the flute, and advise you on how to uh, purchase instruments or rent uh, good instruments so that you can develop your musical skills. And uh, he is a very, very fine music teacher, but he's also a very fine repairman, too. So if you're an amateur, professional, uh, hobbyist, whatever, and own a saxophone, a flute, or a clarinet, you know that you need to have it tweaked and repaired every once in a while, sometimes even a complete overhaul. And Ken is the guy to do it. He does it. Um, He's much cheaper than uh, most of the um, music shops because uh, he has his shop right in his home. And uh, Ken lives close to Metrotown in Burnaby. And he uh, has all the tools and everything uh, to do the work on these instruments uh, in his home. So he doesn't have that kind of overhead. Uh, He doesn't have the store overhead to worry about. So he keeps his prices very reasonable. And he can be reached at... 778-800-1933. That's 778-800-1933. Or K Speller, K-S-P-E-L-L-E-R, underscore 14 at yahoo.ca. K Speller, underscore 14 at yahoo.ca. Here is one of my favorite vocalists. Yes, I'm actually going to play a vocalist. Uh, I know. Somebody says, you know, I love your jazz show, but... Gee, you you don't play singers very often. Well, singers do get a lot of exposure on other jazz shows, and maybe that's the reason, but I do have some favorites, and one of them is the one and only Carmen McRae. Carmen McRae, to me, represents um, uh, jazz vocals from the highest pinnacle. And one of her great albums, which was recorded late in her career, is dedicated to her great friend, Thelonious Monk. And the album was nominated for a Grammy Award and came very close to winning. The album is called Carmen Sings Monk. But it's an honor for her that the album was even nominated because it is um, a pure jazz album. We're going to hear Carmen with Charlie Rouse, who was Monk's tenor player for 11 years on these two tracks, the great Larry Willis on piano, who is still with us, um, George Mraz on bass, and Al Foster on drums. And we're going to hear two vocal versions of Monk tunes. Uh, the first one is her vocal version of Straight No Chaser, and he, she calls it Get It Straight. And the second tune is another Thelonious Monk composition that we know as In Walk Bud, but it's referred to here as Suddenly. And you'll understand why when you hear the lyrics. Then we're going to move to two more performances by Carmen, and I'll tell you what they are after we, we hear them. So we begin with these live performances actually recorded at the um, um, Great American Music Hall in San Francisco in uh, early February of 1988. So here is Carmen McRae and company. And get it straight. (laughs) 
Set it straight, it's out of time when you wait. You gotta be on, you gotta be strong. The time is here, so trust your life to your ear. Don't wait for no one, they'll have to grow one. Because the moment is the place where it happens, and there's no one who can help get it straight. No. Small cat away, a being out of his day, ahead of his time, not in the same room with other guys. He wasn't commonly wise. He knew the answer, the time's a dancer. He knew you can't back up the moment and take it with you on the road. So now is the time. <laughs> One, two, a one, two, three. Dizzy, he was screaming next to Opie, who was beaming. Monk was thumping, 
suddenly it walked foot, and then they got into something. Bias blew a mean sax. Mr. Max Roach beat a mean axe. Monk was thumping. Suddenly it walked foot, and then the joint started jumping. Every hipster really dug but Susie at town. Taking that note, nobody wrote, putting them down. O.P. pulled a mean string. Donna Dizzy played a hip thing. Monk was thumping. Suddenly it walked foot, and then they got into something. Thank you, Carmen. We're going to continue with two more tunes actually done in the studio with a couple of different people. Um, what we heard here, of course, was uh, the great Charlie Rouse on tenor saxophone, who was Monk's main man for 11 years, and Larry Willis on piano, along with George Moraz on bass and Al Foster on drums, recorded live at the Great American Music Hall. And we heard Get It Straight, Straight No Chaser, and um, a tune called Suddenly, which, of course, is in Walked Bud. And now we're going to move to a studio um, performance. 
with uh, Clifford Jordan on uh, tenor saxophone, Eric Gunnison on piano, and uh, once again, Moraz on George Moraz on bass and Al Foster on drums. We're going to hear two very familiar tunes by Thelonious Monk. One of them, of course, is Blue Monk, uh, subtitled Monkeries the Blues. And the final tune, of course, is probably Monk's most favorite, uh, famous tune, Round Midnight. And so here then is the great Carmen McRae to continue with Monkeries the Blues, Blue Monk. Yeah, George. 
doesn't come the easy way. Living is cheap. Nothing is cheap. Measured by the dues you pay. It takes some doing. It begins to tell at midnight, round midnight. I do pretty well till after sundown. Supper time, I'm feeling sad, but it really get bad round midnight memories always start round midnight round midnight haven't got the heart to stand those memories when my heart is still with you and oh midnight knows it too when some quarrel we've had needs mending does that mean that our love is ending darling I need you lately I find you're out of my arms and I'm out of my mind let our love take wing some midnight round midnight let the angels sing of your returning let our love be safe and sound when old midnight comes around A pale and lonely moon lights the sky in the dark before the dawn I sit here in my room how I sigh for the day that's come Another lonely day passes by And a new day's coming on At midnight Tears I've shed today 
will pause waiting until tomorrow dreams of what could be come close to me timidly there's a brand new day inside at that time You're one of the minor players Look for what you love The day to come Harbor some Let your spirit stop the fight At the time Every day's gonna bring some sadness Every day's gonna bring some gladness So take what you can of the glad times Don't measure your in nickels and dimes you better look back on today and you know when you've been unhappy fears don't chase away just my height at night half a day let your eyes put out their I'll think no more about today. For in a while, this old day will be yesterday. Alone at midnight here in my room, I sit here in the And let my dreams take flight round about midnight. The great Carmen MacRae, the late great, and we heard her do two tunes here, two of the most familiar of all Thelonious Monk tunes. Uh, the first one was entitled Blue Monk, of course, um, subtitled Monkery's the Blues, and the second one, of course, was Round Midnight. And uh, we heard on tenor saxophone Clifford Jordan Eric Gunnison on piano, George Moraz on bass, and Al Foster on drums. And both of these tracks are from uh, this uh, Grammy 
nominated disc by Carmen. During um, the latter part of her long, long career, and uh, the album is called Carmen Sings Monk. And she and Thelonious Monk were very, very good friends, and she respected Monk as a musician, as a composer, and as a man. And um, that's what made her decide to dedicate a full album to the music of Thelonious Monk. All right, we'll be back in a moment or two. A couple of important messages. Just like to remind you that you are listening to The Jazz Show, the Victoria Day edition of The Jazz Show. My name's Gavin Walker, and we're here, of course, every Monday night with some of the very best in jazz music. And we'll be right back right after these important messages. HP Steaks. It's time to get outside and play with your friends. Take a copy of Discorder magazine with you. In the May issue, we talk to MOSFET, Cornshed, Horsepower, So Loki, and Glad Rags. We also feature Hits and Misses Record Shop, and Brenda Gurnow writes an article exploring the shortfalls of Vancouver nightlife. With album reviews of Coben, Ace Martins, and Operators, and live show reviews of Young Lean and Courtney Barnett, you won't want to miss this one. Pick up a copy at your favorite local record store, cafe, or retailer, or visit discorder.ca for more content. Discorder Magazine has been supporting local music for over 30 years. Thanks to the long-term support of the Rickshaw Theatre, Discorder lives. Your favorite bands are playing at the Rickshaw Theatre. Check out their calendar just behind the cover of Discorder Magazine or at rickshawtheatre.com. You're listening to CITR 101.9, broadcasting from UBC's Point Grey campus, located on the traditional, unceded, Coast Salish territory of the Hunkaminam-speaking Musqueam people. All right, back to music and Stan Canton and his orchestra, Stanley Newcomb Canton. This is recorded, um, this is a live recording done at the Macumba Club in San Francisco uh, back in November of 1956. But this is one of the great editions of the Canton Band. Now, don't forget, he had a big band from the early 40s right through to his uh, death. And, of course, some bands were greater than others. Some bands just had that uh, chemistry that uh, all musicians uh, look for, that elusive kind of chemistry. And this band was one of his finest. And it included some incredible people. In the trumpets, Ed Leddy, um, Dennis Grillo, Lee Katzman, great trumpet player Phil Gilbert and Tom Slaney. On trombones, Archie Lecoque, uh, Kent Larson, Jim Omlet, and Amlot, I mean, not Omlet, Jim Amlot, and Kenny Schroyer on bass trombone. There was a tuba in the band, Jay McAllister. French horns, too, Irving Rosenthal and Joe Mariani. And on saxophones, ah, what a great saxophone section. On lead alto, the great Lenny Niehaus. 
on tenors, Richie Kamuka and Bill Perkins, and on baritone saxophone, one of the greatest, Pepper Adams. And on bass, Don Bagley, and on guitar, a guy with the best name, Ralph Blaze. What a great name. And on drums, Mel Lewis. And, of course, on piano, the great Stan Canton. We're going to hear a few selections from this live recording, uh, opening up with a tune called Royal Blue, uh, written by Bill Holman, who wrote a lot of stuff for the band. Uh, and there's some solos on here. Pepper Adams on baritone, Kent Larson on trombone, Richie Kamuka on tenor saxophone, and Lee Katzman on trumpet. And then uh, a feature for... Um, Pepper Adams on baritone saxophone. And uh, again, it's a Bill Holman arrangement of a very beautiful version of My Funny Valentine. And then a composition by Bill Russo uh, that is uh, actually um, a mark on the map. It's the mark on the equator, 23 degrees north, 82 degrees west. And it's a classic Kenton composition. Uh, with solos by Archie LeCoque on trombone, Lenny Niehaus uh, on alto, and Mel Lewis on drums. And the final tune was called Young Blood, written by the great Jerry Mulligan, uh, one of the few charts that he wrote for the Kenton Band, and features solos by Lee Katzman, Richie Kamuka on trumpet, tenor saxophone, respectively, Lenny Niehaus again on alto, and Ed Letty on trumpet. So a uh, whole bunch of stuff by the great Stan Kenton Orchestra, and here we go. We take you back to the club in November of 1956. <laughs> 
The soloist now is baritone saxophonist Pepper Adams. I'd like to play a Rogers and Hart ballad, uh, My Funny Valentine. <laughs> Thank you. 
Here's the music that's titled 23 Degrees North, 82 Degrees West.
Mel Lewis. Here's the music we've played so much that's titled Young Blood.
set to uh, end this evening's show. The great, one of the great additions of the Stan Kenton Band, recorded live in San Francisco at a place called the Macumba Club. And that was, <laughs> takes you way back to November 1956. That's a long time ago, but when you hear this band, it really does sound so modern. And uh, Kenton's bands were always very, very contemporary sounding and some great players in the band. We're not going to go through the whole personnel again, but uh, the album is dedicated to one of the great drummers in jazz, the great Mel Lewis, who was the the drummer in this band uh, at the time. But um, in the solo section, we heard, of course, some great work by 
um, baritone saxophone master Pepper Adams. We heard some trombone fly from Kent Larson. We heard some great tenor saxophone work from uh, Richie Kamuka and Bill Perkins and some alto saxophone work from uh, the great Lenny Niehaus. And um, the tunes, uh, we opened with Royal Blue, an up-tempo blues written by Bill Holman and featured a whole bunch of people. And then a feature for Pepper Adams was really beautiful. Um, again, a Bill Holman arrangement of Rogers and Hart's My Funny Valentine uh, featuring Pepper Adams on baritone saxophone. And then we heard 23 degrees north, 82 degrees west. And that was a Bill Russo composition featured uh, Lenny Niehaus, Archie Lecoque on trombone, and Mel Lewis on drums. And then a great Jerry Mulligan tune called Young Blood and uh, featured solos by trumpeter Lee Katzman, Richie Kamuka, Lenny Niehaus, and Ed Letty, another very fine trumpet player. And the final tune was written by Johnny Richards, and it was part of his um, uh, great suite, and it was the tune was called El Congo Valiente, and that was from um, Johnny Richards' Cuban Fire Suite, and uh, that features solos there by Lenny Niehaus, alto, Lee Katzman, trumpet, Bill Perkins, tenor, and Kent Larson, valve trombone, and some great work by Mel Lewis on drums. Anyway, that's it. And so we hope you enjoyed the, uh, some fine music by the, this great edition of the Stan Kenton Orchestra to uh, complete our show this evening. We'd like to thank you very much for being out there. Don't forget, next week is our final tribute to the great Miles Davis, who is celebrating his 90th birthday anniversary. And we're going to take you to the cellar door in Washington, D.C., and uh, our jazz feature will be one of the great contemporary bands led by Miles Davis with such people in the band as Gary Bartz on uh, soprano and alto saxophone, Keith Jarrett on electric piano, and Jack DeJanette on drums, and, of course, Miles on trumpet and Michael Henderson on bass. And that was one of the great contemporary bands, uh, cohesive bands that Miles Davis put together. And uh, we're going to go back there and listen to some a set of their music recorded at the cellar door. That's going to be our jazz feature next week. Once again, thank you very much for being out there. And on behalf of myself, Gavin Walker, on behalf of uh, CITR FM 101.9, broadcasting from unceded Musqueam territory right out here at the University of British Columbia, we're also on the web www.citr.ca and we'll see you in seven days time so take care bye bye Do-ba-dee-oo, do-ba-dee-oo, do-ba-dee-oo.